We have this concept that we, we should understand that we should lean on the Lord. And not, not in just a simple way, but in a way that's like, man, I'm going to take the training wheels off of this thing called life and I'm just going to go for it and trust in the Lord. Right? I'm going to stop leaning on my own understanding. And, and how, many of us, how many of us understand that, right? That we're supposed to lean on God, right? Raise your hand. We know that as Christians, right? A huge part of what our faith is, what Christianity really is, is understanding that your strength is not enough, that you are not enough, and realizing, okay, I need to lean on God. I need to find my strength in Him, right? And we're all aware of that idea. We know that concept, and we just sing about it. We, we run to Him. And there are so many verses in the Bible that talk about that, right? That God is our strength. In Psalm 28, verse 7, it says, the Bible tells us that God is our strength and our shield, right? We know that. He's our strength and our shield. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, he sa- it says that those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, right? Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? He's supposed to be our strength. He's supposed to be the one that we lean on. And so this idea of leaning on God, relying on God for our strength, without a doubt, has definitely been drilled into our minds and hopefully into our hearts as Christians. Right, but the reason we're having this study today, and I feel like the Lord has been speaking to me so much on it, is because I think a lot of us can be aware of that concept, that we need to run to God, but a lot of us don't actually know how to do it. Right, what does it tangibly look like to rely on God, to lean on Him, to, to use Him as our strength? Right? Because I think a lot of the times despite the knowledge, despite the fact that we can acknowledge that we should rely on God, despite the fact that we can even quote some verses that tell us that we know that God is our strength, I think a lot of us struggle with actually living it out on a daily basis. That's our constant struggle. We have anxieties each and every day, and the reality is it's because maybe you're not trusting God enough. Right? And we've all heard it, right? We've heard the, the cliche sayings, oh, just trust in the Lord, bro, right? Let the Lord be your strength. Just let go and get and let God, right? Do your best and give God the rest. We've heard all these isms all the time of of trust, trust, rely, 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 right? And those are all nice and encouraging concepts to hear, right? They are, but have you ever like gotten to the point where you're like, all right, I've heard it, but how do I do it, right? It doesn't help me anymore when you just say, dude, just trust God. Like, what is that supposed to look like, right? And, And I know this is resonating with people because I've had countless people come to me and say, that just doesn't help, like to, to hear it to think about it. What, what is that supposed to do for me, right? And that's because we know that, that knowledge, knowledge is useless without application, right? A passing thought or, or, or just, you know, understanding a concept does you no good unless you apply it, right? I've, I've, ex- I've experienced it personally, right? There have been times in my life that no matter how many times I've heard it, it doesn't do anything, right? And that, that's for all of us. We might understand that concept that we're supposed to rely on God, you might hear it in sermons, right? You might even agree with it as I'm standing up here and saying it, right? But a lot of us stop there. We stop. That's the extent of how much we trust God. Why we, st- we stop at understanding and agreeing with the concept, but we don't really know how to take those training wheels off. We don't really know how to take that step of faith and truly be dependent on God and rely on Him. And, and, and if that's ever been you, right? If that's ever been you, how do I trust in the Lord? How, what does that tangibly look like? What steps am I supposed to take? What concepts am I supposed to understand? I'd have good news for you, right? Because we've been blessed with this amazing book right here, right? That can give us answers on, on, on how we can apply knowledge, right? And what is that called, that concept of being able to apply knowledge, right? Wisdom, right? It's wisdom. And if you know anything about the Bible, you know that Proverbs is the book of wisdom, right? It teaches you how to apply knowledge, 
right? And, and there's one small section of Scripture that is just so profound and so amazing that it gives us three main points on how to practice trusting in God, on how to practice leaning on Him, right? So that we don't have to stop at just knowing or hearing about it or using it as a little boost of faith to say, oh, just trust in the Lord. We can actually make it tangible. We can actually make it real. And what's beautiful about it is is this is so special to understand what it really means to to trust in the Lord because when you trust in the Lord, that is when you're going to see God's power. I think a lot of us walk every day without really seeing God's power. But what I'll tell you about that is that you actually won't see God's power unless you lean on him. You're going to see a lot of yourself. You're going to see a lot of your own strength and how much you can do on your own. But it's not until you finally go and and let Jesus sit in the driver's seat of your life that you will ever witness his power. It's, It's going to take that. You have to be willing to let go. You can't continue in the driver's seat of your life, right? And like I said, in order to experience the power of God, you have to lean on him. You have to take those training wheels off. And so let, let's turn to that scripture, you guys. Let's turn to that scripture. It's going to be Proverbs 3. Go ahead and give me a thumbs up when you're there. Proverbs 3. It's a special section of scripture. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Right? You guys all there? Cool. Cool. And it's funny, right? We all know this. We all know this section of Scripture, right? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Right, but I want to I tell you something. Don't ever overlook it. Don't ever just use it as a Band-Aid verse. Right? I like to call a lot of scripture, some Scriptures Band-Aid verses because there are some Scriptures that we're kind of like, we use them as just like a quick fix. Right? We know them pretty well. Right? They're, the kind of, they're the kind of verse that you can just kind of put on a t-shirt. It's the kind of verse that you can put in your Instagram bio or you can maybe get tattooed on you. Right? Those simple ones, like, like the Romans 8.28s or the John 3.16s, we know them. Right? We can recite them. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? we, we know it. But what's amazing about Scripture is no matter how many times you read this, I pray you would never overlook the depth of it and how it can tangibly give us that amazing, amazing practical advice on how to lean on the Lord. It's not just something to get you through the day and say, oh, just, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean out on your own understanding, right? And just quickly think about it and get through the day. No, take your time, read your Bible slowly, right? Even in the verses that you already know, take it because, man, the Lord gives me convictions about these verses, right? Because a lot of us know maybe John three sixteen, but we don't know what happens after that. We don't know John three seventeen. We don't know John three fifteen. <laughs> Right? And we kind of just take those band-aid verses and they kind of lose their significance because they just become, you know, the, the, the catch-all. Right? It's not a, just a small boost of faith. Right? And so let, let's, let's read these verses. Like I said, it's going to give us three tangible ways on how we learn how to trust in the Lord, how to rely on Him. Right? And so let's read the, these verses together, 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. I want you guys to read that with me now. Let's read it again together, right? So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It's an amazing section of scripture, right? And I want us to look at the very first line of that where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Right? We need to know that the first tangible thing we can do in order to learn how to rely on God, how to first take those training wheels off, is we need to understand and practice what it really means to have a true form of trust in the Lord. Right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Because what does it mean to truly trust? Right? In the case of this verse, this word trust is not just like a casual leaning on, right? but it's a complete rest in something. A complete rest. It's like the chairs that you're sitting on right now. Right? You're sitting in that chair because you trust it to hold you up. I don't see anybody halfway holding themselves up. I don't see anybody you know, you know, hoping and, and, and praying that the chair is going to break right now because it's a simple trust. And you're putting your full weight on it because you're sure of the fact that it's not going to break. Right? These are new chairs too. Right? These are newer chairs. We used to have older ones. Maybe, and those ones wouldn't even be breaking on you. They were in good shape. Right? But that, that kind of trust that it's talking right now, you're trusting it to hold you. You're trusting it to, to support your full weight. And like I said, I don't see anybody. That'd be really uncomfortable, right? If you're there trying to hold yourself up, trying to do the chair's job for it. Right? That wouldn't make sense. And so that's the same way we're to be with the Lord. When you trust in Him, you rest in Him. You don't try to do his job for him. You don't try to put up these safeguards and a plan or just in case it's good to plan, but sometimes we plan so much that it ends up driving us crazy. Right? And that's exactly how I am, man. I'm the type of person that overthinks everything. I've thought about every possibility my life could ever come out to 20 years from now and past that. Right? And to the point where it makes my stomach churn at times because I'm just so caught up in my own thoughts. Right? That's the kind of trust we're supposed to have in the Lord. And, and what's interesting about trust is, like I said, right, there's, there's different types of trust. Right? We're supposed to rest in the Lord. That's a deep level of trust. But with certain things, we can have a small level of trust, a lower level of trust. Right? We don't really trust everybody to the same extent. Right? You'd be in big trouble if you trusted every person you have in your life to the same extent. Right? We, we choose. We pick and choose. Some people it's low. Some people, some people it's a lot deeper. Right? And what's interesting is there might even be circumstances where we might be forced to trust a stranger right? when, you, when you come into life. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Right? And this is, this is maybe unique to me. Right? But one example for myself is that you know, when, I was in, when I was in school, when I was in college, I would, I would go to the library. Right? And there would be nights where I'd just go to the library and study by myself. Right? Take my laptop, my backpack, my hydro flask, whatever it is that I needed to kind of just get through the night, my headphones, and be there, right? And I'd be, and, and if, you, if, you've, if you've ever struggled for a spot in the library in school, you know what it is that I'm referring to, right? Because you go there and, and you've got to try to find a good spot where you can sit down. Hopefully there's a plug next to you for your laptop, right? And it's, it's like, it's, it's sacred almost. You go and, and you, need to, you need to find a spot where you can study, right? But there would be times where I would go and I'd be studying and I'd find my nice little spot and I'm there, right? And then like, man, like out of nowhere, I want some coffee, or like out of nowhere, like I need to use the bathroom, right? And then so I don't want to lose my spot because that's a good spot that I just found. I'm comfortable there. All my stuff's already set up. My books are open. Stuff is already highlighted and all that, right? But so now I'm put in this position where I'm like, okay, you know, what is it that I do? So typically what I would do is I'd ask the person closest to me, hey, can you watch my stuff really quick? I'm, I'm going to go um, go to the bathroom really quick. I'm going to go get my coffee. Like, could you just please watch it, right? And And What's interesting about that is, is the situation kind of calls for it, right? I might not know this person. I might not know them. But yet, the situation kind of says, like, all right, well, just trust the person closest to you. You know, it's okay. Like, you're at school. It's fine. Just, just trust them. You know, you, you, you'll be back. 
you'll be back um, really quick. Right? And so just trust them. Right? But what's funny is even as I decide that I'm going to trust them, right, I'll go and I'll, I'll start walking over to what I need to do, go to the bathroom, get coffee, and I'm kind of like, okay, are they watching it? You know, like I'm like, I'm like there, like, you know, is my stuff gone? Are they going to steal it? You know? And it's interesting, right? Because that shows, like, I don't really trust them. Right? They're just kind of a safety net just in case something happens. They're just kind of there. Right? The circumstances called for it. Right? I need to use the bathroom. I don't want to lose my spot, so I'm going to put my trust in this person. At least a little bit. But then even in reality, I'm still anxious about it. I'm walking away, and I'm like, oh, man, I really hope my stuff's still there. Right? And then when I'm in the bathroom, I'm like washing my hands super quick right? and drying my hands. I'm like, i got to get out. Right? And what's interesting is some of us trust God like that. And we, we trust God in the same level that we trust a stranger sometimes. Right? And I think a lot of times we don't really trust God until we're forced to. Right? Until the situation calls for it. The circumstances are kind of lined up and you're like, man, I have nowhere else to go. I guess I got to trust God. Like, I'll put it in his hands. Right? And then you decide, okay, Lord, I'm going to put this in your hands and I'm going to put it there. And yet you're there watching. You're there worrying. You're there trying to do his job for him. That's not a full level of trust. Right? That's not resting, not even close to resting. You're there anxious about what's going to happen next, even after you put it in his hands, or said that you put it in his hands, because really you, ha- you have one hand on it while he's holding. Right? But this, this trust in the Lord is supposed to be something completely different, and, and, and we have to have this true sense of trust. And what, we'll always, what you can always identify a true sense of trust as is that a true sense of trust is always followed by an overwhelming sense of peace. Always. Right, we understand that? Right, it's always followed by an overwhelming sense of peace because in reality, you can outwardly say that you trust someone, but if you're constantly having these worries about a situation, if you have anxieties behind, it, um, behind the scenes about it, that's not true trust. Right, and it's, it's the same thing with the Lord. We can tell the Lord, Lord, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my relationship status. Lord, I trust you with my health. And then each and every day we strive. And we're just there trying to do it on our own, thinking about when it's going to happen, trying to make sure God want, does it the way that we want him to do it. Right, like I said, I overthink, man. And that's why I need the Lord, because if not, I do drive myself crazy. Right? And so that trust in the Lord, that full trust in the Lord, should lead you to have a level of peace that surpasses understanding. And that's how you know where you're at with the Lord. And this is not a condemnation. This is just, hey, this is how you identify it. Now go run to the Lord and just start trusting Him. Take those safeguards down. Stop worrying about it on your own strength. It's a full rest in him. It's not you navigating the roads of your life with Jesus sitting passenger and telling you where to go. It's legitimately getting out of the driver's seat, saying, Jesus, you take the wheel. It's cliche, right? But literally, Jesus, you drive this vehicle of my life. And I'm not even going to worry about where you're going to take me. And you know why I'm not going to worry? Because wherever I'm going to go, you've already been there. He's already been there. Every worry, everything that you've ever experienced, every anxiety you've ever had, he's felt them too. Why do you think he came down in the form of a man? Because he wants to relate to us. He wants us to be able to trust him in the fact that he can lead our lives. And even if he didn't give us Jesus, he'd still be worthy of that. He's God. Right? And so a strong level of trust is always followed by a true sense of peace. 
And we need to live in that. And it's hard. It's hard to get there. Right? It's a process. I'm not saying that you're going to go home now and all of a sudden you trust the Lord. You're going to have to break down walls. You're going to have to do it one step at a time. But you need to do it fully. Like it says in the verse, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. And that's simple to understand, right? We know what it means to do something with all your heart. Right? You can tell someone, I love you, or you can tell someone, I love you with all my heart. Right? And you only tell some people that. I love you with all my heart. And so we tell God, I trust you. We say, I trust you, God, with all my heart. With all of it. Right? Even in the places where it's hard to trust, even in the places where I'm scared to trust, even in the places that worry me. I'm not just going to say I trust you, Lord. I'm not just going to think about trusting you. But I'm going to tangibly do it. I'm going to choose to lean on you, even if it means that I pause in the middle of the day. Or even if, if it means that I'm pausing in the middle of my worry to say the Lord's got it. Practice things like that if you need to. For me, it's always in the mornings. I wake up for some reason, it's like, ah, like the enemy is just like when I'm, and if for some reason in the night I'm too tired to worry about things, but then I wake up in the morning energized and all of a sudden my mind's racing, it's racing, it's racing, it's going. And I feel the enemy come in and start telling me these lies over and over and I'm like, man, let me get in my word, let me start praying, let me start reminding myself that I need to lean on God right now. And when you get into that tangible practice, oh man, it makes a world of a difference. Those anxieties that make you sick to your stomach, those worries that you're constantly thinking about, that you know that you're thinking about. The Lord starts to remove them little by little. Little by little. And it's beautiful. As you give him your whole heart, he starts to restore your heart. He starts to give you peace. And I'm not saying that that everything is going to go exactly as planned, but then even if things don't go exactly as planned, you know that everything's in his hands. And you start to trust that we need to be sure of that so that we can have a sense of peace. And so that's the first way that we learn to lean on God. Learning to lean on him, understand what trust is. Break down the walls, break down the safeguards, break down your own foundation, right, and replace it with the Lord's. And so let's read the verses again and see what the second thing is. So in verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And I want us to focus and lean not on your own understanding. The second way we can tangibly learn to rely on God is to not lean on your own understanding. And that's hard to do. It's hard for us to not lean on our own understanding because we tend to believe that we know everything we need to know. Right? Maybe you don't think that consciously, but the way you live kind of says, hey, if I'm not trusting in God, then I pretty much know what I'm doing, right? right? And, and what's interesting is that I can tell you the reason why a lot of us struggle with that. The reason that a lot of us struggle with not leaning on our own understanding, right? with, with leaning on something else, is because the voice that we allow inside our head, our own, is the only one that we ever let inside of our head. Right? This, this voice that we have is the only one that we've let inside of our hearts, right? For a lot of us, our own logic and our own reason and our own system of thinking is all we've ever relied on to get through life. Right? That's it. And the reason it's so hard for us to deviate from that is because we've never brought any other system of thinking in. It's always just been us. 
right? But when you read this scripture and it says, lean not on your own understanding, it's basically saying you take your understanding and you replace it, right? You replace that understanding with God's understanding. Don't just deviate from yours. Don't just try to stay away from it, but just say, you know what, I'm going to take this away, I'm going to throw it out, and I'm going to replace it with God's understanding. Right? If you read all throughout the scriptures, especially in Paul's letter, Paul's letters, he doesn't, Paul doesn't just stop at like, don't do this. He says, don't do this, but do this instead. Right? But we, we always stop at the, at the, you know, just resisting rather than resisting and replacing. Right? We just try to run away from the enemy, but we don't run towards the Lord. And that's what we should be doing. Right? Because in reality, we can't stand on our own. We can't. No matter what it is, whether it's God supporting you, your, your, your own you know, moral system supporting you, whether it's your job supporting you, whether, whatever it is, we're, there's always something that we're leaning on. There's always a filter through which we view life. There's always going to be some school of thought or rationale that's going to influence how you perceive the world, how you understand things, and how you interpret your own life. Right, so take that foundation that you're built on and you replace it with the Lord's. Right, and, and here's the thing is we need to replace our understanding with God's understanding even in the areas that we feel that we're sure of. Even in the areas where we feel like we're an expert. Right, God calls us to throw out your entire system of thinking and rely on his instead. Right, because I think a lot of the times we just want to go God into the places that we feel we're unsure Right, that's easier for us. God, I don't really know, so I'm going to give it to you. Right, but then there's these little cubbies that we kind of keep for ourselves that we think we got it all under control. Right, but a true leaning on the Lord is choosing to rely on his understanding even when you feel like you have it all together in that area. And, and so we all have that. We all have areas in our lives where we feel like it's going smoothly. Right, for me, it was funny. Like I, I've always, this is not in any way bragging, but this is just to show you how the Lord humbled me. I've always been good in school. I've always gotten good grades. Got a pretty decent job out of college. I got promoted in that job. And I never really fully acknowledged the Lord for blessing me with those things. Right? And it was always just an area that was good for me. It was always safe. It was always something that, that was a strong area of my life. I have a lot of weak areas, but the Lord blessed me with that. But I never fully gave it over to him. I never fully blessed him for blessing me. Right, and then when COVID first happened, I lost my job that I got promoted in because of the industry that I'm in got impacted hard. And he humbled me, man. And he said, even in those areas that you feel like you're strong, understand that I'm the one that supplies it. Right, and, and now every day I go to work and I'm thankful, man, even on the bad days. Right? Because even in those areas we feel like we got it all together, the Lord knows better, right? We don't, right? Correct, we don't. Right, if you guys remember in Luke chapter 5, when Peter was in the boat and he was fishing, right, and he was there and he was toiling all night, got nothing. Jesus comes up and he's like, hey, Peter, did you try casting your net down? Right, did you try, did you try casting your net on that side right there? And it's interesting because Peter was a fisherman, he was toiling all night. I could imagine the first thing he wanted to say, he's like, dude, I know what I'm doing. And like, don't you know I've been going at it all night? Don't you know this was my profession before I started following you, Jesus? Like, don't you know that? 
Right? He could have easily said, Jesus, you're a preacher. Stick to, stick to your preaching. Right? I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing. Right? And that's us a lot of the time when we feel like we know what we're doing and someone else who isn't as you know, expert in that area, they come and tell us what to do and we're like, dude, like, I know what I'm doing. Right? That, that's, that's what Peter could have done. Right? He could have said, stick to preaching, Jesus. I, I got it. You know, like, whatever, dude. Like, you didn't think I tried casting my net down? Like, I did it already. Right? But Peter didn't have that heart. Peter told him, all right, Lord, you know, you know I've been toiling all night. Right? But since you're the one that told me to do it, all right, I'll do it. All right, I'll follow. You guys know what happened, right? He throws his net down, and he gets more, more fish than I'm sure he's ever caught in his life, right? It was, that net was bursting at the seams. It was bursting there. Right? But could you have imagined if Peter relied on his own strength, if he would have leaned on his own understanding? He would have been fishless. Right? A professional fisherman, someone who has the expertise. And if you guys have ever been fishing, it's not something that's easy to do. Not at all. You have to be skilled with years and years and years of doing it to say that you're a good fisherman. I'm a horrible fisherman. Right? I've gone once a year for like my whole life, but even that's still not enough to understand. I have to remind myself how to tie the knots. I have to all these things every year. Right? So Peter was skilled. And yet for him, he understood, well, if the Lord said to do it, I'm just going to do it. It doesn't matter. Right? And that's how we're supposed to lean on the Lord and lean on his understanding. Because there are areas that we think we have it together, right? We think we know how to manage our money, right? but God's way is better. You think you know how to treat your spouse? God's way is better. If you think you know how to control or manage your stress, God's way is better. No matter what it is that you fill in the blank there, God's way is better. No matter how strong or confident or weak you might be in any certain area, God's way is better. That's why you lean on his understanding. You replace your understanding. Just like Peter did. In an area that he thought he could bless himself, he was blessed abundantly more when he trusted in the Lord. All right, and let me ask you guys something. How do you gain God's understanding? His word. His word. Filling your mind with his word is the key to learn how to not lean on your understanding because then you start to get his understanding. He wrote these instructions for you. He wrote you, he wrote you everything you need to know right here. All right, the education system can't do it for you. I've been through it. Graduated from a four-year university. I take this every single time. I take the scripture because this is the word of the living God. And every scripture is God-breathed. Every single one of them. Right? Even the band-aid verses are God-breathed. Right? Psalm 119.11, it says, Your word have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right? Your word have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It doesn't say I've hidden my knowledge or I've hidden my willpower or my ability to succeed that I might not sin against you, which we all think sometimes, right? I just need to try harder and I won't sin. No, you just need to get into your word and God will teach you, God will train you on how to stay away from sin. In Matthew 24, verse 35, and Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. In Romans 8, 6, it says, To be carnally minded is death, but spiritually minded, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
understand why you need to replace your understanding, why you, why you need to fill your mind and your heart with the things of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3.19 says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. He knows best. He absolutely does. That is, that's why the scriptures say that we build our foundation on the rock. That's why Christ is referred to as our chief cornerstone, because you build everything it is that you know on the foundation of his word, of his knowledge. He knows better. There are going to be a million and one voices that are going to try to direct you in your life, including your own, including your own. But as you read God's word, you're going to be able to learn how to discern which one is the truth. Right, little by little, gotta, you're going to start understanding who God is. You're going to be able to discern what the truth is. You're going to be able to start thinking in the way that God thinks because you're reading what he wrote. Right, and it's cool because when you start getting in God's word, it's literally like the word says, it's like scales are falling from your eyes. You start to see things for what they really are. Right, all those other voices that you hear, they kind of start to subside and, and you realize what the voice of truth is. Have you guys ever heard that, that song by Casting Crowns called Voice of Truth? And it talks about how there's all these voices inside of him that are discouraging him, and yet there's always that still small voice that comes in, and he's listening to it, and it encourages him. It gets him through. It clarifies things for him. It gives him boldness. It gives him courage. Right? And that, that's what God's word is to us. Right? And we're sleeping on God's word. We undervalue God's word. Right? The word of God is a perspective changer. It's a life bringer. It's a mind builder, and yet we're so hesitant to read it. I, oh man, I was like that for so many years. Right, just ignoring the fact that I need to be in the Word daily. Right, maybe we get so busy, or honestly, if we're being honest, a lot of us are just lazy. A lot of us just don't, don't take the time. 15 minutes, bro. You spend 15 minutes at least on Instagram, like when you first wake up, probably. I'm sure a lot of us do stuff like that. And there needs to be an urgency for the word of God to, to, so that you learn to not lean on your own understanding. Right? Maybe we, we get lazy about it and it sucks, man. It sucks because the entire time that you're, miss, that you're you know, skipping out on this, you don't realize that it's the key that you're missing in your walk. You don't even realize that because you're not spending time with us, that's probably one big reason of why you're struggling every day. Because you haven't heard the voice of truth in the morning. And we wonder why we start believing the lies of the enemy. It's because you haven't heard the truth of God. It's plain and simple. And I like to think of the word of God kind of as like, you know, when you have a song in your playlist that you tend to skip because you don't like the first five seconds. Right? And you finally give it a chance, that one song. Right? And then you realize, like, oh, man, I should have listened to this a long time ago. It's such a good song. Right? And you're like, man, I wish I would have just at least given, you know, gotten past the first five seconds. And the word of God is kind of like that in our lives. That, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be the hardest thing in the beginning right? to actually get up, get to the place that you're going to read your word, open up the Bible, and find the, the, the place where you're going to read for the day. That's the hardest part. That is the hardest part. But once you dig in and you feel the Lord start speaking to you as you read your Bible intentionally, as you spend time with him, as you realize that it's his voice of truth speaking to you in it, you're like, dude, why did I keep skipping out on this? Right? It's, it's so, so useful. 
And I, and I always tell my young adults this, but man, I wish all of you were teachers or leaders in the church so that you can come in and have this sense of urgency to dig into his word because the privilege of digging into his word is growing in your walk. That is a privilege of it. Right? We might think of it as a task to read our Bible, but man, it's such an honor. Man, it's something that we need every day. It's the key. Right? And how can you ever learn to trust God if you don't know his character? And you learn his character by reading his word. And you wouldn't trust in someone that you don't know. And some of us really don't know God all that well. Right? We might want to, but you won't really learn who God is until you read his word. Right? And that's how we learn to lean not on our own understanding. You get in the scripture, you read. It's that simple. It really is. Right? And, and that's how you replace your understanding with his understanding. You learn the mind of God through his written word. All right, let's look back at the scripture again. Let's get into the third thing that we're going to look at. Right, that's going to teach us how to lean on God tangibly. So the, again, these verses say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And I want us to focus on the beginning of verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And I'll tell you right off the bat how to tangibly do this, right? I kind of saved reading a little bit towards the, the middle of that section, right? How do you acknowledge God in all your ways? You pray. You talk to him, right? That's the third tangible way that you learn to trust in God. And, and what's cool about it is it's so simple. I'm sure you guys were thinking of, oh, it's going to be some profound thing that he teaches me how to rely on God. Nope, it's trusting, reading, and praying. That's simple. That's the formula on how to draw near to the Lord. It's just about if we do it. Right? And so the third thing that we do to acknowledge God in all our ways is, is just to pray, right? And this word acknowledge, right? what does it really mean here? This word acknowledge. I think a lot of us, when we think of the word acknowledge, we probably think of like, I see you there, right? Or I, I acknowledge your presence. I'm aware of the fact that you're there, right? It's kind of like, like a head nod, like Naomi, like I see you there. I acknowledge you, right? Or my dad, I see you. I acknowledge you. Right, but the word acknowledge here isn't a simple head nod. It's not a simple, I, I know that you're present. It's more of a consultation. It's more of a sit down. Right? And when we acknowledge God, we're not just saying, oh God, I see you there. But it's, it's a sit down and saying, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm going to consult with you about my life, about what it is that I'm going to do. Right? It's an intentional sitting down and having a discussion about every decision in your life before you make it. That is how you acknowledge God in all your ways. Right? How many of us wonder here what God's will is for our life? Right? Have you guys ever spend time thinking about that? Like, am I in God's will right now? Right? Is, am I doing what he's called me to do? Right? And there's a simple solution to it. If you want to know, pray. Stay in tune with him. Stay in tune with the Holy Spirit, and you won't even have to worry about it. Right? For me, I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm reading. Lord, I'm, I'm spending time with you. I'm hearing from you. I'm praying. I'm not living in sin. I'm cool. I'm in God's will. Right, I'm good. I'm exactly where he needs me to be. Right, that is how you can be sure that you're firmly planted in God's will and that you're aligned with him and that you're on the same page. That's the kind of acknowledgement we're called to have with God. That no decision is made without acknowledging, consulting, right? Consulting with him first. That no decision is made simply out of relying on our own flesh. It's a special type of relationship that you're supposed to have with the Lord, that you acknowledge him in everything. And honestly, it's funny because I'm not married, but I think about marriage a lot. 
right? And maybe that's just the heart that the Lord has given me, but that's the, that's the relationship that for me, that I, I know I'm supposed to have with my future wife, that a marriage is supposed to be on. There should be acknowledgement all the time, right? If you're called to be one with your spouse, right, with your husband, with your wife, when you come to be one, there should always be acknowledgement, right? Whether it's indirectly or directly, right? Husbands, if, if you're going to make a decision, right, obviously you get your direction from the Lord, Right? But as you make that decision, the indirect way of acknowledging your wife is thinking, okay, is this, is this decision going to benefit her as much as it's going to benefit me? You know, we think about things like that. You have to. Because that's, you're one with her. Whatever decision you make affects her too. Right? And so you have to think about it. The indirect way of thinking is, okay, I know my wife. I know she'll be cool with this. Right? And I know this is going to be fine. So you at least acknowledge her in your mind as you make your decisions. Right? Because otherwise you're going to have conflicts if you start making decisions just on your own flesh. Right? Or, or if you're making a bigger decision, again, you receive your direction from the Lord, husbands, and then you go and you discuss with your wife. You say, here's what the Lord showed me. You know, what are your thoughts on it? How, what, what's, what's your heart? You, know, you have a discussion before any big decision. And, and it's this, this beautiful relationship that you're supposed to have of constant communication, acknowledgement of one another, Right? And for me, as a husband, one day I'm called to lay my life down for my wife as, as, God has, as Jesus has laid his, down, his life down for the church. Right? And if I'm going to do that, there has to be some sort of acknowledgement. If I'm supposed to have this supernatural love that only Jesus can enable me to have for my wife, there's going to be some acknowledgement. I'm going to communicate with her because anything that affects me affects her too. Right? That's just the heart that I've been getting. I'm not, I'm not married, Right? But I've, I've been given an amazing example in my parents of what godly love is and what communication is. And my, I know my dad that's sitting right there. That man thinks of, of, of my mom before anything, man. He loves her so strongly. And there's acknowledgement. There's always there. I know for a, for a second he would never make a decision without thinking, oh, how is this going to affect my shorty, right, <laughs> that he calls her. Right? And... and that's how we should be with the Lord. Not just going in on your own strength, making whatever decision it is that you want to, but saying, man, the Lord lives in me. I should probably consult him right, with whatever decision that I'm going to do. Right? Whether it's indirectly thinking, no, I know that the Lord would be fine with this because I know his word. Right? In the smallest, I know his word. I know that he's spoken to me. Or in the big decisions in life when you need to say, all right, Lord, I'm going to pray about this before I even move. Right? We need to make sure that we're doing that. There has to be acknowledgement. Well, what's interesting is we tend to do the opposite. Right? I think more often than not, we follow our own desires first, and then we just kind of go wherever the wind takes us. You know? and, and then afterwards, we're like, Lord, I hope this is your will. Right? Is, it, is it, Lord? Right? And then we like, this is how we acknowledge God. Right? Instead of like sitting down and saying, all right, God, like, you know, what's the game plan? Is this what you want for my life? We kind of just go like, we start walking, and we're like, like, we're just kind of like there, like, kind of looking, right? We're like, okay, like, this, this seems like the right way. Like, I'm going to start going. And then we're kind of like looking back at God like, like, this is cool, right? You wouldn't have allowed me to go this way if you weren't okay with it, right? And I think that's, that's such a bad mindset to have because what you don't realize is that in the book of Romans, it says that if you choose the things of the world or the things of God, that he will give you over to a debased mind. Meaning... That if you choose to follow your own path, God has no obligation to go and save you from what it is that you're getting yourself into. 
But yet that's what we want to do. We don't want to acknowledge him first. We kind of go in the way that our flesh desires and then we're like, Lord, please bless it. Right? And, and that, that, that's how we always are. Right? But we're supposed to sit down and, and, and talk with him. But that's how we create problems for ourselves is we start walking down that path before we even ever acknowledged him. Right? So acknowledge him in all your ways. Discuss with him, whether it's indirectly or directly. And more often than not, it should be directly. Right? It should be, Lord, I'm going to pray about this before I even take that first step going forward. Right? And, and what we need to understand and need to be sensitive to is, is we have this amazing gift of a helper that God has given us to that's going to tell, that we can go to, that we can go to and that we can rely on and that we can discuss with and that we can be led by, right? And that helper is the Holy Spirit. Right? And yet so often we ignore him. Right? We ignore him. Oh man, I felt that so much in my life where God's given me all the signs. He's like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh, just dodge him. I'm like, dude, I'm still going to go my own way. Right? Like, all right, God, I feel you, but you haven't stopped me, so I'm just going to keep going. Right? And, and we have a helper in the Holy Spirit, and that's him, right? He's there putting those things in your path. He's trying to stop you, but he's not going to force you. Right? He'll try to warn you. He'll try to he'll place those roadblocks. Right? But we need to understand that first leaning on God is the only way you can make your path straight. First, acknowledging God is the only way that you're going to make your path straight, like it says in that scripture, right? In Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. Right? Its end is the way of death. Whatever way seems right to you, to your fleshly mindset, to your own desires, to what your mind is like before you acknowledge God, it's going to lead to pain. It's going to lead to strife. It's going to lead to struggle. If you want to avoid the way that leads to death, if you want to avoid the way that leads to pain and strife and struggle, then you acknowledge him before you even take the first step, before you even think about it. Capture that thought right where it is and you give it up to the Lord. Right, And, and I think for a lot of us, a lot of us who have gone through that, right, who have tried our own way for a really long time until we were forced to just come to our knees and then finally start following the Lord, What's crazy about it is that the first thought you'll have when you start receiving those blessings that come from acknowledging the Lord first is, I just wish I would have done this sooner. I, I wish that I would have acknowledged him first because then I wouldn't have had this heartache. Then I wouldn't have had this struggle. I wish I would have just done it his way first. Right? And I can tell you from experience, man, that there's so many things. Once you receive that blessing and you realize how good the thing is that God has for you, and you finally waited, and you, and you finally just did it his way, and you finally seeked him first. Then you're like, man, I'm a dummy. I should have just done it first. I should have just gone to him first. Because it would have saved me so much heartache. And there's value in that, right? There's value in the heartache. God uses it anyway. But how much, glory, how much more glory is he going to get if he just kept you the whole time? Right? That's a living testament of the faithfulness of God. Right? It might take more waiting. It might take more patience, but I promise you it's worth it. You're never, ever going to regret acknowledging the Lord in all your ways first. You might regret not acknowledging him, and it's going to hurt, but you're never going to regret acknowledging first, waiting on him. And it's going to save you the heartache, and it's going to lead you to a life that is full of just the richness of the blessings of God. 
And we think a lot of things are, are blessings in this world, but the greatest blessings only come from the Lord. The true blessings only come from Him. And so that's the third way that you learn to lean on God. You pray. You acknowledge Him first before anything. And it's interesting because leaning on the Lord can be scary at times. And I'm not going to lie to you, it's going to require a leap of faith. Like I told you guys, it's going to require breaking down of walls, of, of letting go of certain things, taking you know, the reins that you have of your life in your hands and handing them over to the Lord. And some of us, we have a firm, grip on those, a firm grasp on those reins. And I know I do. Constantly want to know. I constantly want to know. And so it can be a little bit scary when you just kind of stand to the side and you're there and you, you place it in the Lord's hands, right? You place your life in his hands. But the more familiar you are with it, the familiar you are with his hands, the more comfortable you're going to be. Hey, Randy, it's scary placing my life in God's hands, but not if you know that those hands were pierced for your sins. Not if you know that those hands bled for you. It's not scary at all. You're putting your, ha- your life in the hands of the one that died for you, the one that created you, the one that would do anything to be with you. So no, it's not that scary. It's really not. It's actually really, really peace-bringing to say that you trust in the Lord, that I lean on Him. And so the Lord has me in a season where I'm like praying now, Lord, the only thing I want to grow in is more reliance on You. And that's it. And I almost pray now that, Lord, I I hope I'm never successful when I do things on my own strength because I don't want to start thinking that I could do this on my own. I don't want to only trust in me. I want to trust in you, Lord. I want to rely on you. And so we need to learn that. How to take those those training wheels off. Start listening to the voice of God. Start trusting in him. Start reading. Start praying. That's the key spend time with him you cultivate your relationship with God by spending time with him you can't trust someone you don't know and so get to know the Lord